Hello everyone, welcome back to Mentally Sounds Life and Lockdown podcast series. We're episode 36. Oh wow, 36, that just hit me that one. Um, welcome guys, um, uh, fantastic to for you, for you to join us again. Um, this is our, I think, the second uh, second episode of the new year, so a belated Happy New Year if you didn't hear it from last time. My name is Ricky Thamen. Um If you're listening to us via our social media platforms, uh, a reminder of what they are. So on Twitter, we're at underscore Mentally Sound. On Facebook, we're Mentally Sound Radio Show. And on Instagram, Mentally Sound Radio. So you can listen to us on, on those platforms. And on our Facebook page, you'll find our podcast archive. Um, as a reminder, as a disclaimer, actually, um, Mentally Sound is a mental health and a mental well-being themed show so if you hear anything that could be of a sensitive nature to you um, if you find it a trigger if you find certain topics that we talk about um, quite distressing for you please 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 find your nearest GP your nearest therapist or whoever it is you need at times like this to get the help because the help is out there and you know you guys do deserve it we're, we're in we are in tough times and I think um it's important that you get that access. It's it's vitally important, and it's part of our remit, part of our signposting that we encourage our listeners to do that. So welcome, and if you're listening to us on Spice FM ninety eight point FM, um, we welcome you as well. Um, this is this does goes out on um, Tuesdays at one o'clock in the afternoon, and this is going to be a fresh episode. As for your listening via the radio station, we did literally record this last night, and actually just to. We did record this while uh, the latest government press briefing uh, has, has been taking place. So there's a few notes I've jotted down. Um, if there's anything after that we've missed out, um, we apologise for that, but we'll try and update for next time. So yes, uh, episode 36. Um, myself and uh, the other person deeply involved in this podcast, our therapist Nikki, thought that uh, in the new year that, uh, yes, as lockdowns continue, uh, we've just um, entered... Well, we're in the second week now of uh, lockdown three. Um, I think it, we're not really sure how long it's going to last, but um, already people are talking about you know tighter restrictions. Um, sadly, the you know we, we the other day we passed the the grim milestone of eighty thousand deaths from COVID, um, and even on a daily basis, um, they were reaching four figures. Um, but in the last last couple of days, I know I've noticed that they've reached back down to three so we do hope that it does keep um falling um but it but it is it isn't great to listen to which is why you know if you are listening and if you have experienced i know i know in my family we've we've been hit hard and we've been hit hard very lately as well uh i'll pay a little tribute at the end don't want to talk too much about that at this moment but um yeah i mean i if you're if you're if you've had grief in the same way i've had it um, I do know where you're coming from, and we hope that this show, our discussions, um, provide you with some means of solace. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our our star therapist, um, being a star all the way through, and I'm thrilled that she is here yet again. Where would we be without her? It's Nikki Robertson. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. All right. All things. Can start con- collecting a star chart. <laughs> Well, hey. Every yeah. time you say star therapist, I'm going to put a gold star. Gold star, yeah. <laughs> well, rightly deserved, rightly deserved. Medals, not stars, actually. But... Oh, thank you. But, um, yeah. Um, well, how are you, first of all? 
I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, all things considering. Um, I know that we were um, talking in our pre-podcast chat about uh, lockdown, and even though we knew it was coming, it still felt like a sucker punch, didn't it? Because my first lockdown, it took me a few weeks to kind of get into some sort of a groove and sort of deal with the coming weeks, coming months. Uh, second lockdown was a bit of a disaster, but even though I'm still readjusting and, of course, you know, I've, I've been hit by some personal news yet again and um, adjusting to the, the evolving news, uh, the possible more tighter restrictions, you know, blah de blah um, But I'm still determined and feel quite confident that I will get there. But how's it, how's it been for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree, it's been really challenging this time. Um, first lockdown was obviously very difficult for everyone, you know, mm -hmm. um, something so new, something so terrifying at that point in time. Um, so that was really hard to adjust to, you know, the whole, everything was new, working from home, living from yeah. home, everything, not being able to have the life we once had. Um, second lockdown was a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I really, you know, attribute that to the fact that I was on my silent retreat. And I think that had given me a lot of mental clarity, a lot of peacefulness, you know. Um, and so it just made it so much easier to process the second lockdown. Mm. But again, you know, we knew last week when we recorded the show, we, you know, we finished recording the show. We were walking out of recording the show, going straight into listening to Boris you know, make his announcement. And again, you know, you can't help but feel that punch. Mm. Um, and just There's something about, the... isn't there, when you hear it sort of confirmed rather Absolutely. than rather than just rumour. So you try and prepare, but even when it, it still doesn't, yeah. <laughs> you have to so hear that's it. The whole, so... You know, that's the intellectual process that's happening. You're intellectualising it, you yeah. mentally preparing yourself. But at the end of the day, you have to emotionally navigate the reality of the situation you have to navigate the changes what they mm. mean for you on a personal level for your home for work all these things mm. and it doesn't help that um you know um the announcements are made but it takes a while for the legislation to come out yeah and so you know the uncertainty in between the, the running up and down trying to figure out what's happening what can you do what can't you do you know from a work perspective on a personal perspective um and that's a really challenging part of that i think yeah. for most people um i think so heading yeah. into the new year even though um I mean, it, we, it got announced almost pretty much straight away, but in a way I was kind of sensing that, okay, it's likely to be tier five for a while, probably before a full lockdown or, uh, you know, a kind of, the, the, the nearest that we had to previous lockdowns. So I was still kind of planning, okay, going into the office every day, um, and there's some maintenance going on, so the office was empty and I wouldn't have any contact, it'd be okay. Um, now that we have had lockdown and um, as I as I mentioned before, I've had some sort of personal news about, you know, COVID impacting us even more so now. And it's just kind of leaving me with more thought about, well, you know, it's the risk factor as well, isn't it, Nikki? It's sort of, um, um, I don't want to, you know, and because of the new variant, of course, which makes it more transmissible, means it's more risky out there. So I'm leaning towards no, more now about, you know, um, staying at home every day and um, you know working at home if I can every day, it's going to be tough. Um, part of that whole new routine is, and I and I kind of felt it a bit today where 
you know, if you know that you're going to wake up and you have to go out for work or whatever it is, you've got that motivation, early motivation to go up and do that. But if you know, if you know that you're just going to be inside the whole day, you haven't got that spring, have you? So you've got to try and think of ways to make that happen so your day doesn't go to waste. Do you know what I mean? So you can try and make it a productive day even though you're indoors. So, I mean, what what about that for a first question then before we talk about the, the rest? So I've put together a little well-being plan and that's part of the well-being plan. Okay, so that's part of okay, the question. Okay. So how, how Nikki and myself have uh, framed this particular podcast, I mean, um, so we had, a, we had a chat yesterday about it. Um, it's 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 a case of you know more of the same really because um, I don't think too much has changed. But one thing that Nikki and myself have noticed is that um, access to well-being hasn't been discussed as much. So we're going to hone in on that a little bit more, and obviously um, things like what we can do. As as Nikki mentioned, she's got a she's very nicely put put up a seven-step program. Which around halfway through the show, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go through that and. Um, because for people, I mean, yeah, it's worth mentioning the tighter restrictions because um, I don't. Think it's, I don't think it's been properly confirmed yet from the bits of the uh, briefing that I saw from Number Ten. But even something now like meeting somebody else to do exercise outdoors might be banned as well, um, which you you can sort of understand. But you know, it's going to be a lot harder for people because I think. Do you remember? It's, it's going to be very very challenging because you know we need. We need to engage with each other. Yeah, it's it's where you draw the line. I think someone, I think one of the journalists um, who asked one of the, the question in relation to that was saying, um, "Where do you draw the line between making the uh, a meeting to to do exercise or 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 meeting to socialize kind of thing?" You know, um, I think some people in a in in a non, not in a wrong or incorrect way were were trying to think well. It's a nice combination of both. If I can meet um, my best friend or, or whoever it is um, um, within their own circle uh, from outside their own um, household, so I can see somebody and maintain social distancing but still do a, a walk or a run together, whatever it is, um, where do you draw the line? And, 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 we... and also with that, where do you draw the line? Not everyone is actually physically able to exercise. Yeah. So, you know, if they can't meet anyone and they only, if you decide to go, let's say, to a park and you keep your social distance and you sit mm. down, mm. right, and you're facing one direction, you're not facing each other and you just try and have this interaction, how much riskier is that yeah. than doing your grocery shopping? Exactly. I mean... I'd, I, you know, I'm I'm torn between um, something being seen as quite harsh or something that's seen as quite um, innocent. And what I mean by that is, is I don't know if you've seen Nikki on social media that um, there was a case of two ladies who um, were were in a car or in separate cars and drove five miles t- to a park and they were they were fined. I think I believe no. you didn't see that one. So yeah, that made the rounds on social media. There was a couple of other ones where um, I don't know what relation the, the lady was to this older gentleman. It might have been her father, but she was taking her father out for a, a walk along the seaside and they both picked up a coffee to, to... You can tell, you know, the older gentleman was obviously very vulnerable. He was quite elderly and, and frail. Yeah. And there's footage of them being 
apprehended by the police and saying, no, you can't do that. And um, you, you could tell by the expression on the lady's face that, you know, she was in a state of distress that, you know, what did I do wrong? I, I was just taking this gentleman out for a, a walk with a coffee and and this is, but doesn't it doesn't this go back to the mixed messaging that we were talking about Absolutely, last year? Absolutely, because I distinctly remember Boris making the statement on Monday night that you can meet up with one person from another household yeah. outdoors to mm. have a walk or whatever it is, but you can meet up with one person, so it's one on one. So again, mixed messaging. How does how does this translate into people not being able to meet up or being fined when they? are meeting up. So my concern around that is I understand that we have variant. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. been made clear to us. We all knew about this last year already. Um, It's, I think um, they say 70% more transmissible than the previous variants. So I understand all of that. Yeah. But our passion here and everything that we geared up for on this show is mental health. And that's massive passion for me obviously and and for you you Mm -hmm. know ricky Mm -hmm. and i look at the impact of these restrictions and i do intellectually (laughs) you know understand that they have to be in place yeah but i am massively concerned um for people's well-being mental well-being and emotional well-being Mm -hmm. and even myself you know i know the tools i've been teaching them for 20 odd years yeah um, I can see the impact this has on me. You know, by the end of last week, I felt like I had already gone, you know, I'd finished the first three months of the year or the first four months of the year. It was so challenging just that first week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Adapting. And we spoke about it, you know, like my kids are older, it's easier for me. Um, almost 16, almost 14 compared to someone who has a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a three-year-old. So much different, you know, the situation's completely different. So I'm not um, being as challenged as much as some of the other families out there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is still a difficult um, situation. You know, we have what's called pandemic fatigue. Mm. You know, this is emotional and mental fatigue because of the stress that we've been churning the whole year Um, the emotions we've had to navigate the fear the uncertainty the concerns the loss you know we talk about loss just as in grief and it's more than that you know we're all grieving our lost lives Mm -hmm. and i'm seeing this more and more particularly last week when i was working with some clients um struggling adapting to yet another lockdown in the most difficult month of the year Mm. Um, you know and we spoke about this previously last year January is um, a particularly challenging time Mm -hmm. and we're in a lockdown I think what these lockdowns have also exposed is or if you look at you know the pandemic as a whole um, and you know seen through the lens of you know the restrictions I mean all the things that we took for granted, we probably might have never, never have, you know, um, um, connected it to, you know, or, or being it being vital to our well-being. But when those those things have been taken away from us, and then we struggle, we we kind of realize, wow, these things that we do every day were part of our makeup, our, our, our well-being makeup, if that's the correct terminology, and to have that stripped away. It, it leaves us struggling and 
And, you know, I'm, you know, I'll repeat, I'll echo what you, what you just said before. Um, in terms of dealing with this pandemic, I am pro-lockdown, but I believe that I find it disappointing that certain measures haven't been made in place to, to, to for those people who are struggling and, and are vulnerable, that, that they can't get through it. Because, you know, I consider myself quite, quite fortunate, you know, I have, I'm in a house with with other people, and we've got a we've got a you know a, a quite a big backyard, um, so we can use that to our advantage. But I think about those people who don't have such, exactly. you know, and where do they grow? Uh, where do they go? And I was listening to a lot of um, I made a lot of notes over the weekend actually because I was listening to quite a lot of um national you know national radio. Um, a couple of phone calls really stuck out to me. You know, there was a. There was a, a a grandmother who who rang and she had, was struggling and she was saying that I feel that no one's talking talking for me because um, you know she misses that family contact that, and she really painted a picture of because um, the discussion was around you know the restrictions you know people you know breaking rules or those who aren't breaking rules and she made a point that you know. She still, when she looks out the window, she still sees kids play out, playing out on the streets. Yet she can't meet her own absolutely. grandchildren. And at absolutely. one point, she said she was, she she absolutely thought that she'd heard the voice of her her uh, granddaughter. I think it was, and she ran to the front door and realized it wasn't her and it was somebody else. And then she burst down into tears and then she was crying on the phone. And I just think, listening to voices like that in the raw like it was then really kind of hits home how it I is mean, for people conversations i've had um with with clients who've got um grandparents in homes you know or assisted care and things like that yeah and you know this fear of not um, seeing them particularly when the kids went back to school mm-hmm. and hearing the the um, grandparent turn around to their grandchildren or their, you know, their child and saying to them, I would rather see you and cuddle you than not. I'm old. I'm going to die anyway. Mm. I would rather die knowing that I've been able to see you and cuddle you, touch you rather than die like this alone. And that is soul destroying for me. I mean, even now I just get a bit welled up by it, Mm. but can you imagine being in that situation where mm. you are prepared to take the risk? Yeah. In fact, exactly. you don't care. Yeah. You would rather see them. Mm. And as the family, they are doing what they have been instructed to do. You know, they are following the law and not going and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, their vulnerable elderly grandparents. Yet, I know, like, f- for me, I also do. I see the kids... <laughs> walking around, socializing. Mm-hmm. I think, well, and I understand from a children's mental health as well. So there's always this flip side, isn't it? You know, yeah. part of me is like, you should be indoors. You know, like people are sacrificing here. You should be indoors. But I also understand. And again, I've had conversations with, with clients who've said, you know, their child's mental health was also important to them. And if they need to socialize with their friend, which they're seeing in school anyway, why mm. can't they socialize with them outside? So there's always this, you know, there's understanding on both sides. Who's right, who's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of gray area. But. Mm. but we, I mean, going back to the kind of things I heard over the weekend, um, I mean, yes, 
um, those those sorts of conversations that you hear does bring it home, and um, it it is soul destroying, as you say. Um, but it's it's there's a heart, you know, if there is a silver lining, and we, we've talked about this plentiful times in previous podcasts about the good nature that it's brought out in people, all the community yeah. cohesion work, and um, a couple of, a couple of nice stories. Um, so I was listening to. A show on Radio Four. It was uh, it was it was one of the political programs, and um, towards the end, um, uh, a chap named David who was in London, and um, he was he was he's a teacher, and he teached in one of the poorest boroughs of London. I didn't. He was from Finchley, but I didn't. I didn't. I don't think he clarified specifically where he teached, um, in which particular borough. But what he was saying was, and this is in relation to the topic around. You know, provision of technology to um, kids who have, you know, don't have access to tech to, you know, uh, do their Zoom classes online, with, you know, and so forth because they're not at school and so forth. And um, he teaches in a in a in a school where basically it's for kids who with with emotional challenges and and who have been like thrown out of other school mainstream schools because of their behavioural issues and so forth and so forth. So. Kids with, you know, challenging needs, shall we say. Yeah. And he, when he spoke, he was really emotional. I mean, it caught me and, and it made me tweet, tweet about it at the time because, um, turns out, I mean, I don't know how big his school is, um, but he was saying that, um, his school was only given 11 laptops wow. for the whole school. So then he, then he, uh, I'll just finish the story and I'll let you come in. So he he then put out a, a plea for tech companies. Um, can you please help us out? Because you know he was saying like these these kids are like my kids. You know I, I care dearly for them. I want them to learn. I, I want them to succeed. I want them to thrive. But without the, such tech, I can't do that. And uh, yeah, it it garnered a a response and it got feedback. And David himself actually. Uh, Tweeted me back to say thank you for spreading the word, so it was a nice. Oh, how lovely! And on a, even though that's a London story, I, I only just read today in the Chronicle, so a, a local site as such thing that um, um, that uh, two hundred laptops were given by local charities. Um, oh, fantastic! After, after so I read so. an article last week, and I. I didn't save it and I really should have and I can kick myself because to try and find it again is going to be quite challenging. Mm. Um, where there was, I think, a million laptops that had been pulled together to be distributed a- around the schools, particularly the poorer areas, to make sure that yeah. the children could access online learning. Mm-hmm. But to date, only 100,000 had been distributed. Yeah which you think, if you've got this access, why have you only distributed 100,000? Mm. So there was another statistic I came across um, today when I was just reading um, an article, and it said that there's 2 million children in the UK who come from poorer bra- backgrounds don't have access to online facilities mm-hmm. to help them learn and to socialize. Yeah. And that is so important for their development, firstly, Absolutely. because what is happening? So, you know... Are we now sitting in a country where only those who have access or who are coming from more affluent areas mm. or, you know, have schools which have funding that are being able to, you know, 
move forward in their education. Already this has been a challenging year for the kids. Yeah. You know, what about the kids who, and we know that the only form of, it, of communication and socialization at this point in time is through some sort of a screen. That's the entire bubble nowadays. You know, and you've got 2 million children who don't even have that that link anymore or don't have a link at all to be able to do that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know it's... um. I, I, you know, we try and stay away from politics on this show. Yeah. Um, but I just feel that, and and this again, this virus, the pandemic, the lockdowns have exposed the inequalities. We've talked endlessly about that, haven't we? And and because of the time that we live in, um, and I always think back that you know, imagine this pandemic had happened in previous decades where we didn't have such tech, we'd be only relying on maybe letters and phone calls, you know, just to connect with people. So I just think now, and because everything revolves around the internet, I just think access to tech, access to the internet, um, is kind of bordering upon, for my in my opinion, as being a kind of a human right, because that's how we're connecting now. You know, that's how business is done now. That's how everything revolves around now. Everything. Is you know. Done now. So I just feel that it's unfair that people should be left out if that's if that's the way that the world revolves around now. Um, and yes, we, you know, you and I have talked about finding the right balance between, you know, our relationship with tech, you know, not being too reliant on it, but at the same time having our cutoff points and so forth and so forth. But when we're talking about lockdowns, it's seen as like a lifeline, isn't it? I mean... I know, it's your third limb. <laughs> it's exactly, it is. <laughs> it's your third limb. It is, it is. So um, it does make you feel for those... Um, who don't have that access so um absolutely yeah absolutely. um i just just a quick um yeah so regarding all the things that we've said and um nikki has very kindly put together a seven step program in terms of the whole issue of you know challenges in in lockdown and the more that we can do and access to well-being as as you know we we talked about in the in the one of the first questions i put to um which have which go nicely into into our next discussion but um yeah, I mean, just a quick thing about people being left out because I was in town um, over the weekend as well, um, you know, getting getting sort of food and meds. And, um, you know, the the other thing that I worry for, as, as Nikki does as well, is something we're both passionate about, is the level of homelessness. I saw um, at least five, six people on the streets, you know, um, in between the the different shops that I went to. And I was only in town for about an hour. And I know that there was pledges made to... Um, um, you know, house uh, the homeless people, you know, in earlier lockdowns, either temporarily or permanently. But, um, and I don't know, I know, I know each case is different, whether they've been, I know they are, there are strict rules now regarding um, that, um, uh, you know, that landlords can't turf out people at, at such times. But I don't know what each individual case means, but I'd like to think that those, those issues are going to be looked at because if we, we don't know how long this lockdown is going to, gonna go on for and i do hope that that um that would be looked at i mean you would echo that so, wouldn't you, know, you? Um, you know i do some corporate work as well yeah and some of the conversations i've had to have with um, my corporate clients because obviously all the training and stuff's being cancelled and they're already preempting march which is quite concerning yeah, okay. <laughs> because you know um so obviously the announcement was made until February that the kids would be going back to school on the 20th of February. But um, some of the larger organizations are already planning 
and starting to look into furlough schemes because that's been made available, obviously, with um, another lockdown. Um, so they're all looking at March and suspending all sorts of training and development for in terms of well-being till then. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, another when in March, you know. Yeah, sure. We have end of March is Easter already, so it's going to be pre-Easter, post-Easter. And did we ever think we were going to have another Easter in lockdown? I know. It always feels that, you know, when, I don't think, not in the briefing, it might have been the, the briefing last week, but the, the terminology was used, like the final stretch. I don't yeah. know if you heard that one. And I was thinking in my mind, well, is it? Because <laughs> you, you made such pledges before that this will be over by June, this will all be blah, blah, blah. And yes, you know, the, the vaccines are here and today that the frontline staff were at the centre of life getting their jabs and so on. But, you know, we had have we we had we, we have just had Christmases, the Christmas where, you know, we restrictions was eased and I think one of the journalists today said, Was that a mistake, which is why the infection rates have jolted up and so forth and so forth. So yeah, these questions are gonna be Asked, you know, in the eventual fallout, you know, there's going to be a big inquiry about, you know, where it went wrong and, and so forth and so forth. But yeah. But anyway, we're, and again, regarding homelessness, it's something that me and Nikki aim to tackle in the podcast very soon yeah, with gonna... with yeah. some um, expertise on, on around that subject. So um, we'll look forward to doing that. But as one of my first questions to Nikki was, um, how do you put that spring in your step when you know that you're going to be indoors for the day? Um, you've very nicely in your spare time put together another another multi-step program. So over to you. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. Drum roll. Drum roll, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to put that in. <laughs> All righty. So really, um, my thoughts when I put this together was, of course, I see the huge impact of the lockdown news that came last week Monday has just affected my little group of clients, you know, my family, friends, people that I'm communicating with my little network. So of course this is impacting everyone on, you know, mentally. And I just thought, how can I help? So just seven little steps for everyone to think of. Try and incorporate all seven if you can, or just grab one and stick with that and then bring on the others as soon as you can. So, you yeah. know, Ricky will signpost how you can find the show afterwards so that you can find these steps for yourself. So first little one is explore your purpose, okay, or meaning. And this is really what's happening right now is that life's kind of losing its meaning. There's this dullness, there's this monotony. You know, I think we, did we call it Groundhog Day last last yeah. week? I think we might have. It's just this like humdrum, same kind of day. There's no interaction. There's no, there's the, the dynamic days that we used to have of being lost. So start to explore a little bit for yourself. Like what gives you meaning? What is important to you? Start making a list or, you know, um, write it out on a chart if you want to, mind map it if you want to, but start thinking, what is fundamentally important to me? What are the key areas that really I'm passionate about, that I'm interested in, and what, try and zone in on that a little bit to pull out one or two little focus areas for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then your faith, you know, when we're looking at purpose and meaning, giving life and purpose meaning, you know, 
hold your faith. We keep speaking about this. You know, we spoke about, you know, your faith and your hope is the foundation for me in terms of resilience. That comes with faith. So, Mm. and I'm not really going into the biblical faith here. I'm talking about whatever is important to you, whatever gives you meaning, whatever your passion is, Find your faith in it. Hold on to that. Don't let that go. Don't let go of that in yourself. Mm-hmm. But again, whatever you are believing in is right for you now, right? Actions for you now. Have your faith in those. Don't mm-hmm. be swayed by other people because this is also what's happening. We're constantly being swayed all the time. Yeah. So this distracts us from meaning and purpose. When you mention Groundhog Day, would you also say it? It is a very similar thing with combating fatigue because that's the other thing we're dealing with, isn't it? Fatigue. Absolutely, yeah. And I'll, I'll and I'll get to that. You know, this okay. pandemic fatigue. We're very much in a, in a pandemic yeah. fatigue. You know, and I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but I've got a little point there that we can okay. use to focus on that. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is, and we've spoken about this in one of our earlier podcasts, I just thought a little bit about what we've been speaking about as well, and is what can you control? At a point in time where it feels like we absolutely cannot control anything, Mm -hmm. right? All the freedoms just slowly evaporating. You know, we can't control, it seems like we can't control the virus. There's hope, but you know, we're not there yet. What can we control right here? And there's Mm -hmm. so many things that we can actually absolutely control. Mm -hmm. We can control what time we go to bed, we control control what time we wake up, we control words, we can control what we eat. Yeah. We can control what we watch on TV. We yeah. can control how much time we're giving to social media. Mm. We can control what types of hobbies we do, what types of exercise we do. This is what kind of gives us that little bit of faith and that little bit of hope, you know, that we can, you know, steady through this, mm-hmm. is what can we control? We may not be able to control our emotions right now, right? Mm-hmm may not be able to control our anxiety right now. We may not be able to control our low mood right now. But what can I control? Yeah. Again, make another list. Once we start to see it, and you can say, hey, actually, I can control this, 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 this. Little things, personal hygiene, I can control that. Yeah. Right? Good one. So make those little lists. You'll be surprised how long it actually is. And it starts to give you that sense of achievement. Mm. Also, it starts to anchor you into that self-power again. Yeah. Like, actually, this whole situation completely bigger than me. Mm. It's becoming a little bit smaller as I start to define myself, my parameters a little bit more. So, really important one, that. I really like that. I like the idea that, you know, um, you know when, we go on, when we go about our normal day, we sometimes go with the floor. But because we're in restriction now, we're actually in control of more things than we realize. And we can, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely in, in our space because, you know, we may, maybe when we were commuting, there were so many things we couldn't control, right? Mm. We couldn't control if someone was going to drive badly and, and cause an accident. We couldn't control if the train was going to be late yeah, or break exactly, down yeah. or the bus was going to break down yeah. or the taxi driver didn't come and pick you up or the elevator wasn't working or you forgot your swab in to get into work, all these little things. Mm. But, um, yeah, so if you think about fear, where we're at, yeah. the main emotion that we're at with mm-hmm. the pandemic, control is the exact opposite of that. It balances it out. When we can control something, we can drop our fear. So really an important element to to focus on. So make that list as long as you need to make it, sure. but make the list. Mm-hmm. 
Then number three um, is what I call the SOS self-care plan. So I have two self-care plans. So when I work with clients, I always say, right, you've got your self-care plan. Let's talk because self-care is so important for well-being. Yeah. I mean, the evidence is there. The study is there that when we take the time to get into our self-care protocols and procedures for ourselves, we can hugely impact our you know, physical, mental, um, and emotional well-being. When we're feeling really overwhelmed by life and we're feeling very challenged or our mood's very low, we're feeling completely overwhelmed by some of the emotions, we won't be able to go through our normal routine as we normally do. We won't maybe manage, um, you know, our self-care. So, that's when we activate our SOS self-care. So your SOS self-care, I normally say just three items. Put three items on your list and these are your non-negotiables. So if you remember last week, we spoke about our mental hygiene, like your dental hygiene. Yeah. So in terms of your um, personal hygiene, mm-hmm. like you have non-negotiables, like you do not not brush your teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do not not bathe. Yeah. You do not not eat. For yeah. me, I love my food. I eat. Yeah. <laughs> Those are part of my, you know, personal hygiene. Uh, not personal, uh, personal self care. And these but, things we 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 want we we prefer we not to just, sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, we they, we do not do without them. Yeah, definitely. So your SOS self care plan are your three non negotiable mm-hmm. actions in terms of self care. Mm-hmm. So. Again, Again, everyone's individual, so it's hard to make this very broad. So I thought I would talk about my personal ones, and that will give people um, just an idea for themselves. Not an idea, but just a concept of what what it can look like. So for me, my spiritual connection, my meditations, you know, I do my morning practice, and I also do evening practice, but that for me is a non-negotiable, because that is the foundation for my mental health right sure. and I said to you that's when I do my mental hygiene yes. in my morning spiritual practice so that doesn't get negotiated mm-hmm. that's there the other thing for me is moving my body so this is either a Pilates class yoga all online at the moment mm-hmm. so I do Kundalini yoga um, or walking those are the only three things I'm doing or dancing so crank on the music jump around for 10, 15 minutes. It's amazing what that does. Love, love, love that. Kids think mm-hmm. I'm nuts, but I love it. <laughs> but for me, moving the body. So I yeah. know that if I'm starting to hit troubled waters, that's it. Make sure I'm getting that movement in. Mm-hmm. Listen to your body. Be kind to your body. You don't have to, you know, um, be doing CrossFit here. Move your body. Um, number three for me is sleep. Okay. For me, that's very much the foundation for physical and psychological well-being. And I know how poor sleep, lack of sleep affects me mentally and emotionally. So for me, that then becomes part of my SOS, making sure that I'm getting, you know, stepping up my sleep hygiene procedures at night so that I'm getting good quality sleep and getting enough sleep because I know that that will have a direct impact on everything else for sure, me. Sure. So for me, those are my top three. They sit in my SOS kit. So, you know, like we've got, our, you know, your um, first aid kit. Yes. There we go. It's your self-care first aid kit. Mm. 
top three items nice one, done. Yeah. and you do those consistently every day until things start to shift and then you start incorporating other well-being um, protocols awesome so then after that is growth development goals learning so they all fall under one banner so we've spoken about goals we spoke about setting goals for our new year's eve um, podcast and again you know i've always said the same thing when we talk about that kind of topic it's always about they need to be achievable bite sizes reward yourself but here in terms of our well-being know if we're in lockdown we're feeling quite challenged why not focus on some of your goals why not learn something you know set yourself a goal so i've got a goal for this year is that i've got 12 books and i've got them already i pre-selected them they're all lined up already 12 books that i'm going to read and i went through my audio book list 12 audio books i'm going to listen to so i've got 24 books that i am going to and that's my part of my learning and my development this year yeah. well we so could add we could add those to the podcast you can do like a book review and, and the end of something yes. like that. Ooh, that really challenges me to yeah. stick to it yeah, <laughs> once exactly. a month i have to do a book review of my one podcast yeah. i mean my one audio and my one book yeah. i read mm-hmm. you'll be happy to know that i've already finished one of my books in january brilliant as you can tell, I love reading. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's quite important is, again, here you focus on three areas for yourself. Mm-hmm. So in terms of these achievable goals, this personal growth that you want to focus on here, it's yeah. your health, your fitness kind of goals. Learning, so learn something new, whether it's a hobby or like I'm doing reading or courses or things like that. Um, and then, sorry, learning, learning is just part of your development. Learning. Um, like a course, books, things like that, and then hobbies. Hmm. Do something that's more leisure related. Yeah. Okay? In terms of growth, so health and fitness, learning, and hobby leisure mm-hmm. related. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a nice, good balance. You know what I mean? It gets Excellent. you really well rounded when you focus on that. Yes. Number five, develop a routine. So that was the question you asked yes. me right at the beginning. You know, yeah. how do we get through this humdrum when the day is the same, when everything's yeah. up, uh, monotonous? And yeah. What gets you? motivated particularly when you start feeling completely you know unmotivated or even apathetic so here is start to develop a routine for your day wake up at the same time go to bed at the same time so top and tail your day Mm -hmm. that already starts to get your circadian rhythm which your circadian rhythm regulates all your body processes physiological processes psychological processes everything in the body okay so that's important and then with that give your day a little bit of structure So, so plan out you know if you are working plan out your work schedule so i'm going to work between this time this time should it should it be as close as to the structure that you would be if you were working out in an office is it is it a good thing to replicate or is it better to expand now that you have the advantage of being indoors kind of thing where you get to do the thing initially the thought was that it should be the same so if you were at the office from eight till five then you work from eight till five what was happening is is that people were because they weren't commuting they were sitting at their desk because they would leave at seven o'clock to commute they started sitting at their desk at seven o'clock 
and they were not, um, you know, clocking off until six o'clock because that's what time they normally came home. So my recommendation then is, is use your commute time. And some of us may have forgotten what our commute time is because we've been working from home for so long. So use your commute time. There, you use that for your hobbies. Use that for your learning. Use that for your fitness. A lot of people are realizing also how much money they save from their commute as well. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, what about so, what about those kids at home as well? So that's where we spoke about last week, isn't it? Where it becomes really challenging because that. So again, this is just generalized advice, Ricky. You know, it's hard to kind of hit every single um, nugget here. It can never be a complete mirror image, can't it? Of, it can't. You know, yeah. so normally if I'm working with someone, I would make it personalized to their situation. You know, families who've got children mm. at home, again, this is another challenging step. So, you know, they are having to get up early yeah. so that they can work before the kids get up so that they can take, if they're lucky enough to have two, two carers in one home, they take turns to co-parent mm-hmm. while, um, you know, they... Sh- you know, shifting work around and then getting kids to bed and then, um, you know, working again. But also very important there for them, you know, where's their personal time? Mm-hmm. Where's the hobbies? You know, people already by Friday, people were burnt out, Ricky. Yeah. People were burnt out by the end of the, you know, normally, you know, you have your end of the first week back at work after the holidays, you're tired, but that's just a physical tiredness, isn't it? People were burnt out already, Mm. just navigating the new situation. Mm. So when we're looking at developing this routine, again, it has to work for you. It has to work for your environment. This is a generalized kind of routine um, for people. So, Get your work in. Going back to your question, people's productivity actually has improved being at home. So that's one thing that um, became very noticeable, particularly in the workplace. Workplace started noticing that productivity really increased. People weren't traveling around to meetings. This is going to be quite crucial as to how, at the other other side of this, what the new normal is going to look like, isn't it, I think? I think we're going to see some... Oh, yeah, I think a lot of organizations have changed um, the way they're thinking, the way they're thinking about work travel. Um, You know, that may not be something that's going to happen all the time. Um, I know my husband, he used to travel, you know, three to five days a week for work. And that was the average week for him. Mm. And that's changed completely. Mm. Um, So point number six is points of connection. And we touched on this a little bit. I was talking about, you know, the gray area between understanding, you know, that we do... We do have a virus. We do understand that it is transmissible. But what's also happening to people's mental health because they do not have these points of connection. We do not, you know, even if you're commuting to work, let's say on the train, you know, the Northeasterners, this is why, what I loved about the Northeast the first time I came here. I fell in love with the people. Um, and as someone said to me, they salt of the earth. And they really are salt of the earth. You know, anyone can talk to anyone. And by the end of just a short, even, even at the grocery store, after five minutes, you, you almost feel like you want to invite the person home for dinner. <laughs> right? That's the Italian oh, I, I, I completely concur. Some of the best conversations I've ever had are people on on the bus or on the train exactly. or, yeah, or taxi so drivers. <laughs> now all of that's been taken away. Yeah. You know, so think about 
how that changed your journey, how that mm. changed your day, how uplifted. Um, you know, your hormones are changed just from those interactions. We've got oxytocin going through the body, our endorphins start to flow. So now we're losing these points of contact with people. You know, even if at work, you know, you get up, you make yourself a cup of you talk to someone on the way, or you go yeah. down and buy yourself a sandwich, you talk to someone. These thought they little um endorphic hits, you know. It's why I listen that's why I listen to speech radio. I think this is one of the reasons why I love speech radio and the work that we do on this. I, I'm just I'm a I'm a very people person. I love I love listening to opinions even though I'm not might not agree with, with all of them. It's nice just to um when you listen to a phone in radio for example, you feel like you're tapping into a national conversation that you're almost there with them. You know, sometimes it might make you scream at them. <laughs> sometimes it might make you, you know, nod in approval and say, Yes, well done, fellow, or you know, well said, whoever and um yeah. That's a, so even though I'm quite even though I'm quite an introvert, there are times where I feel kind of, you know, very gregarious and I like a good conversation. As long as I'm, you know, done all the things that you pointed out in your earlier steps about doing the things, my you know, my mental hygiene. Once I've got all them in place, Absolutely. then then I can talk for England, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think I've, I've met that version of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so going back to the points of contact, here it's to start to highlight. Again, you know, we're all, you know, we zoomed out. We're like tired mm. of conversing with people through the screen. We don't like this this 2D version anymore. Yeah. We want to be able to see a person. We want to be able to interact with the person. But at this point, that's not really available to us or it may be depending who you want to interact with, but generally it's not available to us. And as you said, there's going to be new um, announcements or new restrictions or tighter restrictions being announced. So again, we don't know, are we going to even be able to meet up with one person from one household? So here, as much as you detested, as much as you fatigued from staring at a computer screen and having your whole life revolver around a computer screen, your work, your social yeah. life, your family life, your fitness life, you know, through... Your, your laptop or your phone screen or your iPad or whatever it is, I'm saying don't give it up. Find those one or two or those three people, you know, a family member, a friend, maybe a colleague at work, that you really, you know, these are your feel-good people, these are the ones who feed your soul, yeah. you know, fill your heart and make a games, a routine. Get them in the diary, book them in on a weekly basis, book those chats in and pretend, you know, let's say, you know, if it was your work colleague, you, you might maybe once a month go and have lunch together. Mm. So do that. Book your, yeah. you know, in bracket quotes, you know, um, lunches, but make them on, on, on your screen. Or if you had a golf buddy or a tennis buddy or a running buddy, well, you, you're not going to be able to do that. Why don't you book the same time that you would have gone with him? Because that was already a non-negotiable in your diary to start off with. Well, I think what, you, what you're emphasizing is, you know, virtual. It, it's not a bad second best, is it, when everything's going on? It's like me and you doing these, these shows. Preferably, we'd love to be in the same area, studio, yeah. you know. But we're, we're doing it via this, which is better than not doing it at all, is it? Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's not what we want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone is up for the 
hey, I would prefer this over than seeing over than yeah. other, over than seeing someone face to face. But this is what we have available, and I think use it if you yeah. can because yeah. your mental health, your mental well being, is far more important. You know, on the, on another radio show, they were doing to, towards the end of last year, they were doing an A to Z of. 2020 <laughs> and uh yeah i mean you know i think the the radio presenter in question he was doing it was planning to get it published and uh of course when it came to z everyone was saying zoom but i just and i just thought well put it on the end of that caveat with zoom fatigue you know because yeah. that's 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 also a thing oh, massive. But, but because as you rightly point out we're heading into i think this this year is going to largely reflect a lot like this year, hopefully not as bad, but certainly with tighter restrictions, I think it is going to be for the foreseeable future. Mm. So let's, yeah. let's so we've continue. Got to do things that um, are going to change that for us. So just a quick one before we go, our um, point number seven, yeah. and this is rest. You know, pandemic fatigue yeah. is, is real. Yeah. Emotionally, we are and mentally even the best of us are struggling you know mm. we're all feeling the stress we're all feeling quite challenged right now which really means we need to be resting yeah and i know you know there might be a listener who's listening to this going well what do you think i'm doing the whole weekend you know there's mm. nothing else to do but yeah. are we resting? Mm. Are we doing the stuff that's really filling our hearts again in terms of feel-good stuff for us? You know, are we taking that time to rest properly? Or are we just zoning out on the couch, watching TV all day and sitting up until 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. on YouTube? Yeah. That's not that's not resting. Sure. Yeah. We'll reach the end, Nikki. I think, you're, yeah, rest is not a bad uh, way to end way it. Way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yes, that's that's that's. Uh, thank you very much, Nikki. That was very nice of you to take time out to prepare that for us. That's that's very helpful. You're very and welcome. And hopefully, it's it's beneficial for the, for all you listeners. And we we will we will put this out on our on our Facebook page, won't we? So people can tap into it via then as well. Awesome. So that rounds up uh, another show. Um, a couple of quick messages before we. Leave. I mean, next week's show, Nikki has a, a special guest will be joining us. So it'll be a three way thing. So we'll look forward to that. But um. First of all, I want to say happy birthday, Mum. It's a it's a birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to your mum. Yeah, so I thought I'd be, uh, leave that a nice surprise at the end. And, uh, oh, lovely. Yeah. And uh, yes, as I alluded to earlier, um, very sadly, COVID has hit us um, again. So I want to say, um, even though I didn't know this gentleman all that well, I want to say, um, uh, Raj, um, We'll miss you, and uh, I, only, I only wish I got to know you a lot more. And, and yeah, this is very, very, very tragic. And um, as again, as I emphasized at the beginning, for all those who are going through grief, um, I know what you're going through, and just hang in there. Let's let's stick together. And uh, as 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 Nikki emphasized with her plan, if we can all stick to something like that, we'll get through this together. Let's just hope on the. Let's just stick on hope and stick on resilience. And um, yeah. We'll get through this. So. Have faith. Thank you very much, Nikki. Thank you, all listeners. Uh, if you're listening to us on our social media, if it's on Spice FM, please join us next week. Stay tuned for the next show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.